I should target rather target the 20 top 20 percent defaulters first. Yeah. Now, on a map, can I see where those defaulters are? Uh, can I do a simple route management or a logistics management simulation to help my field inspector or tax collector to follow a least cost path to collect as much as possible? So that is that is the technology angle to it. are listening to Understanding the Future podcast. I am the host Punit Gandhi and this podcast is developed in association with Climate Center for Cities under the National Institute of Urban Affairs and the Ministry of Housing and Urban Affairs. This is a podcast where we discuss about the future of work in the field of climate change, urban development, innovation and sustainability with the help of leaders and visionaries working on ground as well as in the top management of public and private sector. Our objective is to better understand the future so that we can be prepared and intervene to enable climate actions in the urban areas. Hello everyone, Uh, welcome to the podcast Understanding the Future. I am the host Punit Gandhi and today we have with us Amarsh Chaturvedi. He is the co-founder and director at Transal Technologies. He will help us in understanding the future of municipal revenue. Welcome to the show, Amarsh. Thanks a lot, Pony. It's such a pleasure to be here. So let's start our conversation with understanding about municipal revenue. What are the different ways that any municipal corporation can generate a revenue? Sure. Uh, Very pertinent question. Uh, More so in these challenging times where the municipalities and the city administrations are really struggling with a double whammy of providing citizen services and also fighting the uh, pandemic. So uh, essentially, municipal bodies in India are dependent on a multitude of sources funds to carry out their operations and also to bring about infrastructure development and changes gradually over time. Most of these sources are typically confined to the central and state allocated funds, which are essentially grants, aids, etc., which come to the cities. A third and a very important source of the funds is municipalities' own uh, tax collection, own revenue. Now, uh, why I say that it is most important is because with the changing priorities of the governments, with the changing allocations year on year, depending on the overall macroeconomic scenario, the focus on providing grant and aid to the municipalities can vary year on year. However, gradually with the requirements of the citizens with with the aim of providing better citizen services, cities need to focus on a continuous pipeline of projects, on continuous pipeline of uh, better citizen services the longer run. And for that, they need to focus on something which is in very much in their control. And municipalities' own revenues is something which is which is quite underexplored by Indian cities. That is very unfortunate. But that is something that can be brought in uh, their control. And why I say that is essentially one of the largest sources of revenue for a municipal body in the country is property tax revenue. It is essentially a tax on the built-up environment, on the built buildings which are uh, existing in the city, on the real estate. 
and that is a, a finite amount that is a huge amount that a city has and when it translates to money if realized properly and accurately it, it is a major source of a chunk of, of funds coming into the municipalities and hence we believe that municipal bodies if they want to focus on the revenues uh, apart from the other minor sources like say water tax garbage cess etc which are directly linked to services property tax in itself is a huge chunk which uh, cities can focus uh, to improve their fortunes okay and there are two parts to this revenue as well one is the tax collection that comes from property tax which is a major component almost in all municipalities apart from that what other kind of revenues uh, are also there if you can just give a brief uh, on the, that line as well sure so apart from property tax there are, there is a multitude of services which typically the municipal bodies provide to the citizens some cities prefer uh, charging a bill or an invoice just like a utility bill to the citizens okay. whereas in many of the cities in in the country there is still a flat fee or a flat tax of course dependent on various slabs yeah. which uh, essentially is levied on a citizen to charge for those services and some of these uh, services include solid waste management water utilities usage of common public spaces like for example mela grounds or uh, municipal uh, halls wedding halls banquet halls etc so these are like common public facilities which from time to time could be let out for the users for which the cities can uh, levy these taxes apart from this uh, a lot of cities in our country also own a, a large chunk of estate large chunk of real estate which is typically in the form of parking lots shops in municipal markets vegetable markets etc and these are typically let out uh, to small time vendors and uh, small shopkeepers etc which typically uh, who are required to pay back to the municipality for these okay so th- there are there are quite a lot of avenues which do come in but eventually the ma- majority of the chunk will come from property tax and uh, reports do say in india we hardly collect 1% of gdp that is the municipal revenue right right I- i'll come to the details of why this figure is very low but yes uh, property tax in my opinion is a missed opportunity uh, cities could have done much better had they uh, worked proactively on uh, on property tax demand as well as collection okay uh, so can can you just give us a brief idea about how does your company help in developing that ecosystem sure so before that let me step a little back and tell you how cities gradually over the years have embraced technology to to reach where they are currently earlier when we talk about property tax systems these were typically hard copy driven systems in which property tax demand registers and the collections were maintained in hard copy records over the last 20 years we have seen a wave of e governance and massive digitization of our uh, government processes happening and in uh, as part of that wave the cities have also undergone a massive revolution in which they have embraced e governance solutions or digital solutions to manage their property tax system now what has happened is uh, when they uh, 
transformed from a hard copy or a paper based system to a digital system there was a massive shift in or massive improvement in the efficiency of tax collection why because they were in real time able to identify the gaps in the collection they were able to find out which properties are not paying to these municipal bodies on time and which owners need to be uh, approached proactively for uh, for the collection process they were able also able to create strategies around the collection process and uh, this digital exercise definitely helped them a lot in improving the collection side of property taxes now a gap still remains even though with this wave of digitization a gap still remains and that gap is primarily on the demand side and why i say that is because when this wave of digitization happened the hard copy records were digitized into the digital copies as is i mean there was no intelligence added on top of it there was no validation there was no um uh, upgrade of of these data sets which happened it was the hard copy records were just made into digital copies and what the city misses here in this process is essentially a huge chunk of under assessed and unassessed revenue and i'll come to that in detail what what exactly means essentially we uh, the cities unfortunately are carrying the legacy of outdated data even in the digital formats or even in the e government solutions now coming to the under assessed and unassessed properties essentially what happens in typically in the cities is uh india has seen a huge urban growth not just in the peripheral areas of the cities even in the core areas we have seen a lot of redevelopment happening uh, old houses have been uh, taken off there are new buildings new apartment complexes which have come up but these changes unfortunately do not reflect in the property tax demand registers and these changes are typically of two types wherein the property might the new property might not be registered in the property tax records at all and these typically are called the unassessed properties then there is a second category of properties which might be grossly underestimated in terms of uh, area or wrongly recorded as uh, you know in terms of its usage so for example commercially used property might be recorded as a residential unit uh, property tax database in both these scenarios uh, the municipality fails to approve the true potential of property tax of that uh, particular and hence they are called under assessed properties and when it comes to estimating the demand of of a property we need to take care of these underassessed and unassessed uh, property cases as well now what transurf does here is uh, using uh, machine learning and ai based systems we help cities triangulate discrete data sets to arrive at the correct usage of the property in its first place so taking into account cities own data sets like trade license for example so cities typically issue trade license to commercial properties we take that data set we have utility bills electricity bills etc water bills you know telecom bills using that we uh, get the uh, i won't say even that is 100% accurate but it's still it is much better and much more updated than the uh, property tax database now the challenge here is the way 
addresses are recorded in all these data sets is very different i mean in one data set you would have the address uh, or the road street name as mg road whereas on the other data set you might have it recorded as mahatma gandhi road so in all these cases i cannot do a one to one match you know one to one text match even in in uh, amongst all these uh, discrete data sets and even within the municipality database also we have seen that uh, addresses could be recorded very differently among, uh, amongst the other different departments so hence we came up with this machine learning based system wherein we could match these addresses with fair accuracy and then come back and arrive at the correct usage of the property thereby enlisting the properties which are wrongly uh, assessed in terms of their usage so this is solving the first part of the under assessment the second part of under assessment is on the basis of area and here i would say uh, modern technologies on uh, based on drones and satellite images are extremely useful so using drone data sets we could actually arrive at the building heights the constructed areas we can extract all of that through machine learning based algorithms automatically and then with a fair accuracy we can determine the exact area which the property uh, should report and match it against the area reported uh, in the municipal data so using these algorithms we can uh, estimate both under assessment and unassessed properties uh, in terms of area and if i combine all of that together i am i sit at a more intelligent database of the city with a fair accurate fairly accurate uh, usage and the area statistics that could be uh, used by the city to improve its tax demand and if you look at the uh, roi typically we have seen uh, a jump of nearly 40 to 50% in uh, the tax demand which is typically charged by the cities now coming back to the time of implementation uh, and also some of the process improvements that the cities have anyway uh, started earlier one of these processes that the cities have typically adopted is going for a gis based property tax improvement system now what that means is essentially cities create the base map they appoint a vendor which uh, like uh, their workforce their enumerators go door to door to collect data of every building every unit record the usage measure the areas etc and that is a massive exercise most of these gis based property tax uh, assessments have taken years to be implemented in uh, in a fairly large size city so instead of going for an all out approach and you know recording uh, the prop- uh, data of every property in the city why not narrow down the data set narrow down only those properties which are found to be under assessed or unassessed based on the ml based approach that i mentioned earlier and only address say like 10% or 20% properties which have been uh, grossly underestimated so this would actually uh, to realize the roi uh, this time frame can shrink uh, you know a, a lot of effort a lot of time that is required uh, to uh, to realize the tax potential okay uh so coming coming to one of the uh, some of the things that you just spoke about and one of them is unassessed or underassessed property percentage 
what is a typical percentage of the area that is unassessed or underassessed in any city from your experience sure so the figure uh, i would say varies from city to city region to region yeah and uh, instead of assigning a, a number to it i would rather like to focus on the reasons so one of the first and foremost reasons that we have found in almost all of our studies is not the willful default it's not that the citizens have willfully are reporting wrong areas or wrong usages etc it's just that the mechanism for a city citizen to report their areas or changes in their properties is not smooth enough there is a massive gap in awareness as well so for example if i uh, give you an example from the state of goa when we carried out a pilot mapping of one of the commercial wards in the city where a lot of commercial premises were there from a lot of shops and offices we found out that they were not aware that they had to apply for a trade license as a commercial property yeah so this awareness gap is something that i think Uh, you know even before approaching the under assessment and unassessed cases the cities can run awareness campaigns for the citizens to know what they need to report and also improve the process in which the citizens can report this and here i would go back to the e governance solution and i uh, would really recommend that e governance solutions typically in the past have focused a lot on improving the internal efficiencies of the departments the citizen facing part has been kept minimal only for say payment purposes or e payments or etc there could be you know citizen facing portals which could do a bit more than that there could be portals which could essentially help the citizens on board to the platform easily and uh, post these awareness campaigns citizens could latch on to those systems and report the areas and usages and so this has been one of the major uh, reasons and the other reason always always remains the willful default i mean that is invariably one of the major reasons uh, in some of these cities okay and uh, then if if you are trying to do this exercise from awareness to helping cities in generating more revenue which you said can lead to increase of around 40 to 50% of the tax demand what is the time frame that we are looking at to complete this whole process for uh, i don't know uh, you can take the size of the city but i'm sure it will vary but just for reference sure so uh, let me give you an example of uh, a mid sized city say city like uh, indore for example yeah. it has almost around 7 and a half to 8 lakh properties yeah if you follow an ai and ml based approach to just focus on say usage problem under assessment in usage it would typically take a 30 day kind of a time frame to complete or run the algorithm completely on the city and to arrive at ward wise lists of properties where the reverification process uh, could be done so i can give you one example we uh, we did a pilot in one of similarly sized city and uh, in a zone with three wards where there were almost around 50000 properties we were able to complete this activity in 8 days okay. and 
on the ninth day there was a list given back to the municipality that this is the list of properties where you can start the re-verification process and you can start uh, uh, approaching these property owners for revised revised demand notices. Okay, so that is pretty fast if all the data is in place because I'm assuming that there would be a lot of data requirement prior to you start this eight-day process and. Once that is sorted, I think it becomes simple. Yeah, you're bang on. So uh, now data is a very interesting piece in this whole story. And when I uh, talk to you about utility bills, etc., you would appreciate that these are very different departments. These some of these departments don't even come under the purview of a municipal body. So it is a little difficult to gather that data. Uh, I would say it is impossible. What we have also seen, uh, and this is a pattern, specifically in the cities which are enlisted in the smart city list, typically the SPV has a representation from all these cross-functional departments. Hmm. And hence, to implement this in a smart city is easier compared to a city which is not a part of the smart city list. Fortunately, in the Indian context, most of the prominent cities of the country are already in that list. And hence, most of the unrealized revenue is also lying idle, I would say, untouched in these smart cities. So our thought process is that since smart cities are anyway working a lot on improving the overall uh, data infrastructure, overall citizen service delivery, and a, a lot of host of other things. Why not include revenue augmentation also a part of the improvement process? Yeah. And in this, and as a part of this, exercise, they uh, they are also building their data exchanges, the common data portals, and anonymized data sets on uh, you know household. Uh, utilities, utility usages, property usages, etc., could be made available for such studies, uh, wherein uh, you know startups or entrepreneurs could actually work on these data sets to deliver value back to the city. So I see a major role of the uh, urban data exchange and the smart city data labs uh, in this whole uh, game. Okay. Uh, so so let's let's come to the technology part of it you have already explained a bit of how drones help and how satellite mapping helps what other technology do you feel can come into this picture which will again help in you know taking you step forward in developing this process in a better way or if you are eyeing for certain technologies in this uh, industry yeah so there are two facets to this whole piece. The first facet is the availability of the data. So while some cities are building the data labs uh, at the smart city uh, offices itself, uh, some cities are yet to reach that level. And hence, a data infrastructure, which ensures availability of seamless data is something that I would say is paramount. Start any such initiative. Uh, these data sets could be rendered through data APIs. You, so cities can choose to open APIs to pull up these data sets. Or even uh, a lot of cities are creating spatial data sets, which essentially are uh, uh, GIS data sets with, with tags of uh, a host of attributes, 
which would essentially provide you a 360 degree view of a particular property in the city. So those spatial data sets can also play a major role. I guess for, for the rest of it, you know, the data science algorithms, AI and ML based algorithms that a company like Transurf has probably could be good enough. Absolutely. And I think uh, I, a lot of things is already being done on this level as well to facilitate this whole process of data exchange, which is easier, faster for cities, for consumers in cities, as well as, you know, vendors for uh, providing different services uh, from the national as well as state level. Every state has or uh, has a different kind of purview to this whole process. So coming to one other thing is how, how do you see, you know, that where, where can government change certain things? How, what kind of policies can come into picture? What kind of solutions that can come into picture from, I, I can't even say startup because I guess you guys are more than 10 years old now, but uh, you guys are already in a space where, uh, you have been working with the government constantly throughout the inception of your company because that this is where your solution lies. So where do you think certain things can be made more simpler for uh, bridging this ecosystem? Yeah. So coming from the experience uh, of all these years working in this sector and working with all the kinds of cities we've worked with, small towns as well as large municipal corporations and including metropolitan cities as well. So there has been a gradual shift and understanding on this aspect. And of late, we have seen like, of, like I would say in the last couple of years or so, we have seen revenue augmentation becoming a centerpiece for at least for some states in the country where there is a mandate from the state nodal agencies to the municipal corporations to focus on revenue augmentation. So this is a positive sign, though it would it should have come much earlier, but it is okay and better late than never. Yes. So so with the change in mindset, I believe that uh, things are already on the positive side of spectrum compared to what used to happen earlier. But from a policy angle, and some of the states even try to do this, mo most of the municipal corporations should also strive to assign revenue enhancement targets. They can create a roadmap for say next three years or five years and adhere to that roadmap. Now, if they do it at a policy level, if they create that roadmap and stick to it, they are bound to explore solutions which will help them increase the tax collection. And that's where we believe that they would start looking out for innovation in this space. Uh, stop working on, you know, uh, solutions with longish implementation cycles. Start looking at smarter solutions, which can give them quicker ROI. So uh, building a roadmap is, is I, I believe it can make a, uh, make a lot of changes. Second thing is on the data side of things, smart cities and the other cities which are not, not part of that list should anyway strive to create a data center or a data hub uh, at the city level. This will not only help in revenue augmentation exercise, but it will also help them in numerous other ways. I mean, for example, I've seen cities uh, losing valuable 
geospatial and non-geospatial data sets which have been created you know earlier they have lost it because they didn't have the necessary infrastructure in place necessary mechanism in place to preserve that data and uh, use it in the longer run for uh, for their regular day to day tasks so a data infrastructure would essentially could be uh, an on premise system or a cloud based system so a lot of these governments are opening up to cloud based solutions also these days so they can actually you know come up with a system in place with where the data is readily available accessible also uh, like going forward with whatever exercise or whatever project that they work on at a city level or at a zonal level they keep dumping data onto that system and how uh, what i mean by that is for example a city comes up with a master planning exercise and under that master plan they are supposed to create a base map they are supposed to create the planning maps etc but they might have already have a base map dated say 5 years ago so when they create a fresh base map they could easily do a change detection between the two versions and arrive at the changes in the properties themselves so they probably don't even need a third party vendor or an intervention from uh, another organization they could do it themselves had they got a control on, on their own data overnight so i believe uh, data infrastructure and a policy roadmap a revenue target based uh, uh, strict monitoring and evaluation uh, mechanism could really help okay and uh, which which states were able to do this and were they successful in generating more revenue revenue enhancement targets yeah yeah so there are many success stories so in fact uh, like i mentioned earlier the whole e governance rollout in itself has improved the the tax collection process dramatically so there are cases wherein platforms like for example digit have been deployed across several states and there have been like huge jump in, uh, in uh, tax collection and revenues in these cities there are states which typically have focused on uh, revenue augmentation there is a massive exercise which is currently going on in the state of uttar pradesh where they have mandated all the 16 municipal corporations to go in for a, a revenue augmentation exercise you would also see some of the smart cities city rfps actually mentioning revenue augmentation as one of the deliverables for the system integrator so that is also a change in mindset that we are seeing so compared to the rfps that used to come say 5 years ago we are seeing seeing revenue augmentation as a key uh, centerpiece rfps which are so yeah so there there is a shift there is a shift in mindset but i, I believe that the states can do more okay and and coming coming to the again to the portion of uh, property tax and willful defaulters do you do you have any strategies which could be put in place to reduce the willful defaulters because you have been in the ecosystem so you would know more about why certain things happen and why certain things don't so any brief on that yes sure so when we work with the cities and when we try to uh, assess the problem of willful defaults we uh, always saw that the problem of where had all uh, had plagued these cities so what i mean by the problem of where 
is that I know that there is a willful default. I know how much they owe the municipality. But how do I organize my collection teams so that I extract the maximum out of their efforts when they go out in the field to collect? So I believe location intelligence can play a, a major role here in strategizing you know, how you collect the taxes in the first place. So a lot of cities actually send out tax collectors at doorstep level, especially for the willful default cases. So as a municipal commissioner, should I, like going by the 80-20 rule, I should target rather target the 20, top 20% defaulters first. Mm-hmm. Now, on a map, can I see where those defaulters are? Uh, can I do a simple route management or a logistics management simulation to help my field inspector or tax collector to follow a least cost path to collect as much as possible? So that is that is the technology angle to it. But yes, there is definitely uh, there are a lot of innovative things that the cities have done in the past, especially for large, very large willful defaulters. So you know, publicly naming, etc., are some of those yeah. tricks of the trade that they have uh, followed. But that that can always be the last step. You could do a lot more with technology as the initial stages, at the initial stages of uh, tax collection. Okay, and uh, with all this data and technology that comes into picture, what all other services can just be done from the same amount of data sets? Uh, have you guys mapped any of those things? Certainly, certainly. So when you have the property data set in place and when you build uh, additional attribution on top of it, you can do much more. Now, let me also talk about one of the biggest problems that this typically the cities face when it comes to sanitation. Hmm. Now, you'd have seen that under Swachh Bharat mission, lot of urban dwellers, specifically in slums, peri-urban areas, etc., have constructed toilets. Yeah. In India, the connected sewer system coverage remains low. There are a lot of households which are still not connected to a system or trunk uh, connection system in place where their waste, household waste, goes directly to the treatment plant where it is treated. Instead, most of the households, and I am talking about numbers like 60% to 70% of urban households, still depend on something called an on-site sanitation. So they have septic tanks connected to their toilets. These septic tanks are very much there in their household premises. And there are typically the problem of overflowing tanks, groundwater pollution happening because of these, because these septic tanks need regular desludging. Yeah. regular cleaning uh, at specific time interval, which currently in more of, most of the cases has been a reactive practice. So if I see an, a septic tank flowing, only then I would essentially call the municipality or the drug operator to clean that septic tank. Uh, so some cities are embracing a solution for doing this entire process smartly. And uh, Transurf is one of the pioneers in implementing a smart uh, fecal sludge management system for these kind of cities and towns. So essentially how it works is the desludging operation is partly automated in a way that there are request tickets which could be generated from the system. 
depending on when the last desludging had happened. Plus, since there is a geospatial database already created for the cities for say property tax application, etc., you could use the same data set to identify the households where the desludging is required, where does the truck operator need to go, and how you optimize the vehicular movement of these uh, night soil tankers to effectively desludge the septic tanks in the city. Uh, some of these systems have been deployed by us in states like Maharashtra and Tamil Nadu and they, are, they have added immense value to the operational uh, efficiency and improvement in the overall process of fecal sludge management. It also works at the other end of the spectrum where you know, geotagging of uh, these trucks, vehicle tracking of these trucks has also helped cities reduce pollution because earlier when it was not controlled, these trucks would just dump the waste in water bodies or nearby agriculture areas, etc. But now they are mandated to dump in the treatment uh, plants or the fecal sludge treatment locations, etc. Yeah. So even that has been tracked. Uh, so the cities essentially get a complete control of their sanitation practice uh, at, at a click of a button. Apart from that, they can also help themselves in improving the water supply efficiencies, leakage uh, detection. Uh, integrating uh, sensors uh, to identify the water contamination in the drinking water supply, etc. So there is a host of things that the cities can do once they build a robust database, all the households which are present in the city limits. Okay, that, that's quite interesting. So coming to one of the last questions that we generally ask everyone is on lines of what kind of skill sets are required in this field to grow for someone or someone who wants to enter this field. The idea is that we kind of help the young people understand how all can they come into this field or this sector if they're specifically interested in municipal revenue as one of the topics. So if I can just break it down into a much more interesting format, it would be if we have 10 people, how many people will be doing what kind of work? Uh, so two engineers for AIML, two engineers for data collection. If you can just break down something on those lines, I think it will help in understanding where is the need, what is the need for a lot of people. Sure. So when it comes to municipal revenue augmentation tasks, typically uh, let me focus on the usage-based under-assessment problem first. So typically there is a project officer who would engage with the municipality and the uh, different departments to, to collect the data in, in the first place. So that is one of the uh, key and crucial components of this project. This is uh, typically this happens in face-to-face -face meetings. So the person would really need to interact a lot and follow up a lot with these uh, offices. Once the data is available, typically there is a team of uh, uh, data science experts who work on the uh, ML operations, working on these data sets. Essentially, it starts with cleaning the data sets. So, uh, you need to do a bit of work. Uh, I'll give you an example from uh, North Indian city where we worked. Now, the property tax records were in Hindi. The electricity bill database was in English. So, we had to transliterate all the property tax records into English and then we would essentially go to match these addresses together. Yeah. So these are a bit of data pre-processing tasks that are typically required to be done. 
and once the data is ready for analysis you typically run those algorithms you keep on checking sample output from the uh, the output data sets what we also do is in order to assess the quality of the algorithm because with every city we get a very different type of data problem the way data is managed in every city is very different uh, and the discrepancies in the addresses in every city is also a bit different we need to fine tune the algorithms and for that we what we also do is we do a bit of ground truthing and it's a very small sample size that we pick from different areas of the city where we uh, send out a person with a mobile app to collect the details of the properties which we have picked for from the quality uh, analysis perspective and using that we again find you the algorithm so again uh, ai and ml uh, expertise is required there the field expertise typically comes in from socio economic uh, enumeration exercises so people who have done that earlier uh, people who are familiar with map reading who are also familiar with app based surveys etc could uh, do that task and lastly when the analysis is complete there is definitely this angle of uh, presenting the data effectively to the uh, to the end user and we are talking about municipal officers we are talking about all the tiers of municipal office so at the municipal commissioner level uh, the commissioner would typically be interested in the broad numbers uh, broad problems that uh, the data generates so uh, a data analyst would typically summarize those broad areas uh, at the commercial level, uh, commissioner level uh, coming over to the tax officers and the revenue inspectors etc things can get a little more granular and we could start talking about individual property level discrepancies uh, showing that on an interactive dashboard where the uh, municipal commissioner would get the overall insights and the uh, tax inspectors etc could deep dive into a particular location with color coded building footprints etc where they can easily locate the the properties where they need to address property or the revenue so this is how you could actually um, split the typical tasks uh, that that was quite uh, nicely drawn out by a example i think that would quite be helpful thank you so much amarsh uh, if i have missed out on anything and you would like to cover that point up happy to do that Yes, we have covered everything. <laughs> uh, good that you brought up the other use cases point because I thought we would skip the sanitation part, which is also equally important. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad that we were able to cover that as well. Great. Uh, so that's I think. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking out time and interacting with us. I'm sure this will. This was quite helpful for me to understand as well as it would be for a lot of other. audience members thank you amarsh you have been listening to understanding the future podcast to know more about climate center for cities visit us at www.c-q.niua.org and follow us on linkedin twitter and instagram the show is conceptualized hosted and produced by punit gandhi You can listen to the show on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast and Spotify. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thank you and stay tuned for the next episode.